Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. Welcome back, folks. My name is Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Sam Cardona and Brady Campbell. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. And, you know, it's another another week going over a Giants loss, but there's a lot to look forward to for next week. And we have a lot of things to go over and we have a very special guest again this week. That's right. Brady, welcome back to the show. We had you back in week three, I believe. A few weeks since we've had you. Team's in a similar state. Have you been doing? Uh, Just your overall thoughts on being back and following this Giants team this season. Well, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I'm doing about as well as I could be after the Giants kind of ruined the beginning of my week. Um, What a disastrous ending to that game. Probably one, despite how poor of a performance it was kind of by the offense and, of course, all the injuries that came with it, probably one they should have escaped with. But a lot of interesting storylines, as you guys mentioned, heading into this week and this next matchup uh, with the Raiders. So I'm very excited for this week, despite the the season kind of somewhat spiraling to some extent with the injury bug kind of coming back. But I'm excited, and thanks for having me on again. Of course, of course. And uh, first off, uh, shout out to um, our No Shave November goers here, including myself. Uh, should be a fun month, hopefully a better month for New York Giants uh, football. And if you like what you watch here on Big Blue Avenue, make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Um, appreciate everyone's support. And uh, yeah, Sam, I want to start with you here. Um, as you know, I was driving to and from Orlando on Sunday. So I missed the whole game, but I heard the radio broadcast and I was so excited until I got about 10 minutes away from my destination. And I hear, Oh, here comes Zach Wilson. Jets bring it over time. No misses a kick. Dory Jackson, PI giants lose the game. What was it like watching it live on TV? Well, I also missed like about the first half of the game. And when I checked in, um, obviously Tyrod had gone down. Uh, Tommy was in and there was just, but we were still leading. So I was like, you know what? Feeling all right. Feeling good. Um, towards the end, however, it was a little bit rough. Um, the Adori PI was so, I was yelling at my TV because I was like, why would you do that? It was like the worst PI. It wasn't even like, oh, it could have not been PI, you know, whatever. No, like it was a hundred percent pass interference because it just, it looked horrible. It was just a very bad move by Dory Jackson. And when we went into overtime, we got the ball first. Um, I was watching it with my parents who are both Jets fans. And my mom did say, oh, well, the Jets, the Giants got the ball first. Um, so that means the Giants automatically win. And I said, absolutely not. Um, we are not like any regular team going into overtime. They could 100% mess this up. And here we are talking about the Jets winning this game. So it was a bit rough. Um, there was a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of things going wrong, obviously, with the injuries and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, the first half I, w- I was actually feeling pretty good. 
And then towards the end, it just, like you probably felt in the car, it was just kind of all just fell apart around us. Yeah, it was a shame. I was driving Noah back to the airport in Orlando. Got to meet Noah Dog Dibler this weekend. See Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville. At least I saw some good football this weekend. Uh, there's nothing like football in the South, I'll tell you that. But Brady, uh, what were your thoughts on this game? What stuck out to you? You know, talk about the Tyrod and Waller injuries. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was really a roller coaster. I I had a feeling getting towards the end. I mean, of course, they gave us a lot of hope with last season, but just the previous seasons and how this season was going, they sent out Gano, and I just had a feeling that somehow they you know, we're going to miss a kick or the Jets were going to find a way to win. And like you were saying, Sam, once it got to overtime, I was watching it with my dad and we, we were both like, it, it's over. Even if we get the ball first, especially, you know, Tommy DeVito in, they're not really passing the ball. I, I, I couldn't see them getting the win whatsoever. And then Dory Jackson, that penalty, terrible. I, I think Wilson underthrew it slightly. If he turned around, he might have had a play on the ball, mm-hmm. you know, knock it down. But uh, very, very disappointing. I, I really, I, I know it's been a struggle this season. I really want to win this one against the Jets um, to, I, I guess, have those bragging rights and just overall kind of maybe get a small win streak going. Um, but that that kind of just brought back memories of a lot of other painful losses that the Giants had a chance to win. Yeah. Even even going in, if they weren't necessarily expected to win, they had a chance to, and they probably should have, and then they just found wow. a million different ways really throughout those last two minutes and overtime to, to blow it. Um, and then, of course, the injuries – Darren Waller early on the game. I had him in a few of my fantasy teams too, so that didn't help. But of course, like you guys mentioned, missing now a a possible revenge game for him. Um, It definitely hurts the offense. I'm a big believer in Daniel Bellinger though, so I'm I'm excited to kind of see him back and see what he could do. But um, that's of course a big blow and thankfully it looks like we're getting DJ back. Of course, the Tyra Taylor injury you could almost argue to some extent might have played a role in in kind of losing that game because Tommy DeVito played well but obviously he couldn't pass if we kind of had that dual element still with Tyrod I I think the offense could have been a little bit more dangerous throughout that game but I think it's that that was a really tough one and though things weren't looking great for this season that definitely puts us in a bigger hole for sure. Sam, I know you're a big Tommy DeVito fan. Um, <laughs> what what was the body language like in this game? Obviously, Tyrod goes out with the ribs. We know he had to stay over at the hospital due to, I think, it wasn't just the injury itself. Remember, he got his lung punctured by the trainer yeah. in 2020. That led to Justin Herbert's first NFL start. Um, Taylor had to stay over because of that. That's what I was hearing because he has a history with the with the lung, unfortunately. Um, but the veto comes in two for seven, negative one yard. Giants had negative nine passing yards and managed to outdo their 2021 fiasco against the Chicago Bears with Mike Lennon, 
and Jake from combined. Was it just a running game like Dable was saying? Did they just want to run it or did, did they just seem to not trust uh, Tommy touchdowns? <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, preseason Tommy DeVito, I, you know, is it's not the same kind of person, especially when you're thrown into the mix after somebody goes down, you know, like that's a way different way to enter a game. So I would say it was probably a combination of both, you know, because they aren't sure how DeVito is going to be throwing in, in an actual NFL game, not just a preseason game. Um, and then, you know, you have a star running back, utilize him, you know, in, in times of crisis. So I'm sure it was a combination of both things there. Um, but you could tell Tommy DeVito might have been a little nervous going into this game. You know, he probably went in thinking he's not going to be playing in this game. But Tyrod Taylor, unfortunately, is, um, you know, someone who's susceptible to getting hurt. So uh, it's not really surprising to me. It's not surprising at all that a lot of these injuries happened, of course, at MetLife Stadium. Um, I know a Jets, uh, I think it was a defensive guy, tore his Achilles at this game as well. So, um, but we could go on and on about the MetLife Stadium and the injuries there. But overall, uh, you know, I, I just really liked Tommy DeVito as a practice squad guy, as a um, backup to have on our roster. However, yeah, literally. Um, it was uh, just – I would like to have thought he could come into this game a little bit stronger, but that did not happen. Yeah. Um, local Jersey kid, you want him to succeed. You want him to do well. Um, he did have that one rushing touchdown, but it was all Saquon in the second half. He had the most carries of his career in this game with 36 rushes. It just seemed like Saquon – did not get enough push up front from the offensive line. We know Waller left the game with an injury on top of Tyrod Taylor. Um, John Michael Schmitz did return at center, but Pugh and Phillips were still starting at each tackle position, which was definitely concerning. Um, ben Bredesen, back to left guard, did his job. Mark Lewinsky, once again, did his job after, you know, having a really bad week one. So, um, you know, it was very unfortunate, I thought. Um, you mentioned Adoree Jackson. He did look lost out there watching back some film and highlights. But um, I guess my next question, um, and we'll start with uh, Sam here on this one as well, Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau, phenomenal game. I mean, Zach Wilson, the Jets were two for 15 on third down. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, I believe he had 15 pressures, which was tied for second most among his position in the PFF era. He was named for PFF Defensive Player of the Week. And then Kayvon, of course, with those three sacks. How excited are you for that duo for years to come? And how did they impress you on Sunday? Absolutely. They were very impressive. I mean, Kayvon is still... There are a few things he still needs to iron out. And, you know, this is only his sophomore year. But we talked about it this week, Tom. Dexter Lawrence is the best player on this team. Uh, Probably, you know, him and a healthy Andrew Thomas are two of the best guys on this team. And like you said, um, PFF was, uh, was a 95 PFF grade. And I sent you this tweet that said Dexter Lawrence has 12, had 12 pressure, pressures on 28 rushes 
from a nose tackle against the Jets, and the rest of the NFL had 20 pressures on 251 rushes from a nose tackle. Very obvious the strength that this person puts on our defense. Like Dexter Lawrence is amazing. I'm so happy that he's still around. Um, I know we'll talk about it a little later, but with the loss of Leo, um, it's going to be, you know, more on him. But I think that he is very able to handle that type of pressure. Um, but him and Kayvon, God, it's just like the one shining light in this team that is consistent every week and we can pretty much rely on in terms of a game like this. Grady, before we get to you here, I want to quickly get to this comment from Noah. Folks, if you, if you do have comments throughout the night for Sam Brady and myself, feel free to drop them in the comment section. This one's directed at you, Brady. Brady, can you start doing batting quick picks so that I can pull away, please? <laughs> I I know I started off the season really well. I think I've come back down to earth a little bit. I haven't quite followed exactly like the standings or if, if those are posted or anything like that, but Sorry, Noah. I saw some of them, especially the last few weeks. I feel like every week there's more and more games that are like closer and, and toss ups. But I, I feel like I've gotten lucky most of the time on those. Um, but unfortunately, I'm gonna keep trying to do my best. So I sorry, no such luck, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Noah's our, our good buddy troll here. Great to meet him in person, by the way. Um, Brady, what about you? Kayvon Thibodeau, second year. Dexter Lawrence, fifth year. Um, they really cover up some of the holes on this defense, and it's led to, I think, outstanding linebacker play, too, with Bobby O, Micah McFadden, Isaiah Simmons. Um, yeah, just talk to me, because now it'll be ever more important with Leonard Williams getting dealt, which we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, I've been a huge Dexter Lawrence fan. And, of course, now he's finally getting more of the recognition he deserves. I feel like since he's been on the, the Giants his whole career and up until last year they were obviously very bad, he didn't quite get like the recognition he deserves. But also the last few seasons he's kind of really turned it on. And some of the statistics you see, like you guys were talking about, are just ridiculous. And Kayvon, he's kind of been up and down. And, of course, he's had his um, injury struggles at times as well. But it was really satisfying to see him have the game he had alongside Dex, especially with some of the um, comments that were kind of made um, upcoming towards that game by by some people. But I guess he took that personally, which is even more of a shame that we didn't end up winning that game, especially late in that game when Thibodeau had a a few sacks on Zach Wilson and those guys really got involved. But I think the way those guys are playing, I really want to see Ojolari come back from injury because having him healthy, we've seen what he could do and playing alongside those two guys up front, I think they could be very dangerous. And like you were saying, I think the linebacker play of Okereke and McFadden had another great game as well um, this past week. I think the, the Giants' defense has definitely kind of filled up the holes of the offense, kept them in some of these games. Of course, the Bills game, no one really gave us a shot. And, I mean, I, I agreed with that. But they they kept us in it, and we nearly were able to pull away with that one. But 
I think, you know, build a few more pieces, have the secondary kind of mature a little bit. Obviously, a lot of those guys are young. I think, you know, within the next few seasons, this could maybe be a top defense if, if the guys are healthy. And it really just goes back to kind of building that offense to kind of match that play. So it's not just the defense carrying, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far this season from a lot of those guys up front, especially. The defense is so good. I'm going to start them in fantasy this week. I pick them up. I'm going to start them over the Eagles, actually. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys. The Giants are playing the Raiders. You know, backup quarterback, uh, quarterback Aiden O'Connell. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. But, yeah, I'm pretty high on it. I mean, the Jets were 2 for 15 on third down. You mentioned the young secondary, Cordell Flott. Um, just 5.5 uh, yards per target, 84 PFF grade. He's been solid. Another good draft pick by Joe Shane. Um, special teams is still a nightmare, it seems to me. Olszewski um, did something unorthodox going barehanded um, on those punt returns. I believe he muffed one, right? He muffed one, but he recovered it. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good back there, returning. You know, he was able to make some guys miss here and there. Um, but ultimately, we're, we could talk about the defense all day, special teams. <laughs> the Giants have allowed 11.3 points per game the last three weeks and only one win to show for it. One win. We held the ball for 38 minutes, no turnovers, caused two, and lost the game. Which leads me to ask you both this. If you're Brian Dable and you could replay that fourth down and one, do you kick the 35-yard field goal knowing Graham Gano has a knee injury? Or do you go for it on fourth and one? Because I think what's important to keep in mind, regardless of what they do, if they miss the play, the Jets take over right where the spot of the ball was. So. It's definitely up for debate, but I want to hear your thoughts. Sam, we'll start with you. I would say that <laughs> thinking even with an injury, Graham Gano, 35-yard field goal, usually you would think in your brain is pretty automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, with this offense, with Tommy DeVito, with the way they were playing you, I, I get where his mindset was. I understand why – you know, going forward on fourth and one with a different team, I would say 100%. Yes, we should be going forward on fourth and one to win this game. But, and we were also, you know, they were ahead. So why go for the fourth and one? Like it, it makes sense, but it's just unfortunate that Graham Gano did not make that field goal, which is what, and basically caused us not the only reason, but a big reason we didn't win this game. Um, I maybe if Daniel Jones was playing, maybe if the offensive line was healthier, I would say yes. But honestly, with the way that the team was playing, with the with the injuries, with the guys that were out on the field, I know they're putting it all out there, but I would probably go for the kick too. I agree. I it's hard to say because it was such a short field goal that if he makes that kick, we're I'm not going to say definitely, but we're probably not talking about this because the Jets would have had to score a touchdown. And the way our defense was playing, I 
don't think they would have gotten it. But and and I, if I recall correctly, it, it was a, like a full one. It wasn't like you know a little bit short. It was definitely a full yard, if I if I remember that correctly. And as we know, with the Giants, they they could struggle with that at times. Um, of course, with Saquon in the backfield, assuming they hand it off to him, I you have a decent shot at getting the first, but I the line you I feel like you can't trust them. It's it's a mixed bag from from game to game whether you know these third, fourth and ones they they get it. Obviously if they do the the game's pretty much over on the spot, but I, I can't really get on them for that decision. I, I understand it. I know Gano was dealing with an injury. That was a pretty ugly kick though for a mm-hmm. 35 yard. There of course the weather may have played a little bit of a factor as well. And then the defense, who was playing so well, kind of, of course, aided by that that one offsides penalty too. But they, I guess, to some extent, kind of folded on that last drive, kind of allowing the Jets to get there pretty easily. I know they were kind of playing their defense a little bit more, kind of of a contained defense, but yeah, that, that was tough to watch as well, and and especially in overtime with that penalty. But I. I think Dable made the right choice despite the fact that mm-hmm. it didn't end up working. Um, if they went for fourth down, obviously they, they could have gotten it, but I feel like they're going into that play. There was less risk involved because Gano is dealing with an injury, but he's still out there. So I would like to think okay. that especially 35 yards, he, he should be able to, to make that one. Although I think the, the Jets, one of their guys came up the middle too. And if there was like a botch snap, once again, could have had another block kick, which could have been really ugly. Um, but I, I think I would agree with Dable trusting Gano from a short distance there. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy too, the 47 yarder was Gano's fault for sure. This one, DJ Davidson got leaped by Will McDonald. It, if Gano kicks that, so if Gano kicks that field goal straight down the middle, folks, it's getting blocked, and there's a good chance it returns for a touchdown. That's why the kick came out so wobbly and like it looked like it was shanked right away, right on first screen. So Howard Cross was saying on the radio cast, if he kicks that straight down the middle, it's game over. Jets win right there, done. Because the line can't block on field goals too. So. Graham Gano, even if he played some quarterback, I think that wouldn't pan out very well. But let's move on. Our New York Giants player of the week, Sam, this week, you and I discussed it, and we went with one of, I think there were two obvious choices. We decided to go with one that we really wanted to go with. And why don't you uh, roll through that for us now? Yes. So our player of the week this week is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, it was between him, obviously, and Dexter Lawrence. But this man had, like we were saying earlier, an amazing game. Nine tackles, three sacks, which is a career high, three tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, and a forced fumble. Um, a 91 PFF grade, which obviously compared to Dexter Lawrence's at 95 is pretty good. Um, only defender with 85-plus 
pass rush, and uh, which was 86.1. And um, his run defense grade was 90.6 in week eight. Um, so he has eight and a half sacks. Um, so he's third in the NFL with good company, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Pretty impressive. Um, and he's on place to finish with 18 sacks, which is super, super impressive. Um, I'm super happy to have him in the company of Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, two of the best defensive players in the game right now. So obviously our player of the week. There you go. Brady, what do you think? I agree with that. I, I can't believe I'm looking at those stats and Dex's stats and the defensive stats, and then somehow this team lost that game. Yeah. But I, I completely agree with that. And, of course, I feel like because of the season the Giants have had, he's kind of flown under the radar. And, of course, he's had games where he's been contained a little bit better than others, and that's kind of allowed the – I guess the haters, for lack of a better word, to kind of get on him a little bit. But, and of course, he's had the injury history, so he's not always there or 100%. But this season, I feel like he's really flown under the radar. And this game in particular, I don't think he flew under the radar last week. He was everywhere in the, in the backfield, first drive of the game, the forced fumble. And I, I completely agree with that pick. I think it was probably between him him and Dex more than likely. Um, I mean, maybe Saquon, but like he really did what he had to do, I guess. And it wasn't anything too special on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. But I, I, I think Kayvon was probably the best pick, especially since this is arguably one of, if not the best games of his young career so far, I'd say probably with like that Washington game from last year on Sunday night. Yeah. The strip sack Mastro fumble recovery for touchdown. Um, Yeah. But moving on to week nine now, folks, um, some sad news for giants fans, definitely sad news for, for us. I mean, Brady, I follow you on social media, so I know you weren't too happy about this, but I think we can all agree at the end of the day that logically moving forward, long-term future, it makes the most sense, but the Giants traded defensive lineman Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks on Tuesday for a 2024 second round and a 2025 fifth round pick Monday, actually. I got my days mixed up um sad stuff sad stuff i mean you know it sucks to see leonard williams go obviously we know the giants acquired him via trade from the jets back in 2019 22 and a half sacks for the giants in 61 games and i think leonard williams was kind of put on a pedestal compared to other players when they re-signed him for that three-year 63 million dollar contract in which he was in the final year of now guys and I think a lot of people were saying, oh, he's doing stuff that he's making so much money for that players getting paid less for him can do. But now Leonard Williams joins a contender and the Seattle Seahawks joins former teammate Julian Love, who is now with the Seahawks as well. But I think to be fair here, I love Leonard Williams. He's a big leader. I'm going to miss him. I know Dexter Lawrence was very sad. I know I mentioned in my recap video Earlier this week, this trade should have never happened, as in the Jets to the Giants trade for Leonard Williams, because the Giants were also 
<laughs> pretty bad in 2019, and it didn't make sense to acquire Leo at the time. But I was happy he was here. It makes sense, though. You weren't bringing him back next year, most likely. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you. What was your initial reaction? I know you you were a little upset about this one. Yeah, it's just more like, like you said, like Dexter thinking about him because I like I'm pretty sure it was over this past off season the Giants posted on their socials like you know Dexter seeing Leo across the parking lot and going my friends here and like you think about them not being together anymore it is upsetting but um I know that Tom you sent me a video earlier today of Leonard Williams in his Seahawks gear talking to the press just being a complete gentleman, uh, explaining how the process went, how he felt very involved, and how you know he had nothing good to say, or rather, everything good to say about Joe Shane. Um, so you know, overall, it was a very you know mutual understanding. It seemed like, which is you know always good, you know, a cordial ending to you know being on a team. But in terms of us, I know that when we acquired. Leo, I'm pretty sure we got a second round and a sixth rounder. So to send him off for a second rounder and a fifth rounder is is pretty good. Um, so I'm I'm pretty happy in terms of what we received for Leo. But yeah, it's it's a little sad to see him go. But you know, like I was saying earlier, Dexter Lawrence is a powerhouse, and you know, I'm sure it'll be some adjusting not having him on the defense. But I'm sure that you know, there won't be much of a difference happening with Dexter Lawrence still here. Brady, how about you? Yeah, that was, when I first saw it, that was definitely a, a painful um, notification to get, especially for a guy who, you know, when even guys like Dexter Lawrence was still really young and still trying to find his game, like Leo, the captain, one of the captains, at least of the defense. And when the defense, like late 2010s, they were, not great, and he was definitely one of the, the few standout players for sure. The whole team really wasn't <laughs> that great back then. but um, And it, I feel like because of the emergence of Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau kind of starting to find his game a little bit too, um, Leo is almost, to some extent, not like forgotten about, but you know, you think kind of of like the, the front four or you know, those defensive linemen, he's kind of like the third or fourth guy you think of now, but he still played a huge role in that defense, especially the pass rush and, of course, the run-stopping game. And while I, I hate to see him go, I, I do think this this trade, at least initially, um, is is one that we, we had to make. And I overall like what we got back for him uh, as well, um, a chance to, of course, build through the draft. But Definitely stinks to see him go, especially um, when the team, obviously this year they've kind of fallen back a little bit, but they have, especially the defense has really found themselves over the course of the season, the last few weeks. It's really a shame to see one of the main pillars of that defense get shipped off. Yeah. And the giants were actively shopping him. And the fact that Joe Shane was able to get a second round pick in this year's upcoming draft for Leonard Williams is insane. I mean, look what the commanders got for Montez sweat. I mean, it, that deal wasn't as good, 
Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't make, I mean, that deal didn't make any sense at all. They traded him to the Bears, who I get it, have no pass rush, but this deal was, PFF really likes this deal. I think media really likes this deal. I mean, I don't like that Leo's gone, but business-wise, I love this deal. I love this deal because you get a second and a fifth round pick in the future. Hopefully those draft picks pan out if the Giants elect to trade up in this year's draft for a premium offensive skill player position. I know I'm beating around the bush a little bit there. There is draft capital to trade up. So I think this is something that should be considered as well. Andrew Scarpacci, appreciate your comments, although you are a Packers fan, so I don't know <laughs> what this is about here. Um, completely agree. Sad to see him leave MetLife in general. Remember watching him as a kid with the Jets, best score D-line years. <sighs> Andrew Scarpacci. <laughs> you, man. Um, I'm gonna miss his smile too. A great smile, big cat. <laughs> gonna miss his smile. But, um, oh. Yeah, I would have preferred to a trade to trade a Dory before him, but I was here only like sixth round pick potentially in exchange for him. So that was rather interesting, but. Other news, folks, Giants re-signed Gunnar Olszewski to the practice squad. Stanley Thomas Oliver, cornerback, signed to the practice squad. Matt Barkley signed to the practice squad. And Tommy DeVito is now on the 53-man roster out of practice squad elevations. He had his three, so now he has to be on the 53. But Matt Barkley, a guy who's played for eight other NFL teams before the Giants, uh, he's been a journeyman. He hasn't played much since 2020, but I guess he's QB3 for now. I mean, this is telling us that Tyrod is not – he won't be ready this week. And Daniel Jones is cleared for contact, so it's going to be Daniel Jones. And that's that. Suspense. Have have they come out and said Daniel's playing? Like, for sure? Or that he was just cleared to practice? But they basically said, barring any setbacks, it should be him this week. Gotcha. Larry says, feel terrible for Tyrod Taylor. Feel like he can never catch a break. He never does. I'm with you. You know what's crazy, too? He got hurt in the Bears game, Sam, last year that he went to. Remember? And Saquon was running yes. quarterback in the wild match. Like right at the end, right? It was like there yeah. was only a couple minutes left in the game. I remember that. That was rough. That was rough. And. Andrew with this here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Andrew Scarpacci. Appreciate your comment. Grew up a Jets fan, converted to a Packers fan. A-Rod the GOAT. Can Got it. I Excellent. understand the path now. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, this might be confusing to some, but obviously we all know about the uh, not-exempt third quarterback to not count against the active game day total. So the way it works now is – DeVito will count, uh, not DeVito, sorry, Barkley, if elevated, he'll count against the active roster because he's not on the 53-man. He would be one of the two extras, total of 55. So in order to get that third exempt quarterback player, you have to already be on the 53-man roster, folks, as the quarterback. I know I had a few questions about that. Um that were asked online. I thought Dan Duggan did a great job of clearing that up. So in other words, 
Your third quarterback's not on the 53-man roster. You don't get an extra roster spot. And so that's how that goes. Oh, we're not done as far as, like, breaking news. We have a lot to talk about, and this is where it gets fun. We have some tea. Um, Josh McDaniels got fired late last night. Did you both walk up? Did you both wake up to it this morning? Because I damn know for sure that I did. Yes. No, I was in bed asleep uh, very, very early last night. So I woke up to that news. Uh, my brother actually broke it to me because I hadn't even looked at my like notifications yet. My brother texted me at like 7 a.m. and was like, Josh McDaniels is gone. And at first I read it as Mike McDaniel and I was very confused. But that makes a lot more sense. The, the Raiders looked like absolute garbage. Yeah, I... I was actually I I have late class today at one p.m. So I was up late last night playing the uh, Spider-Man game, and when I finished and I was getting ready to go to bed, I checked my phone, and I saw he got fired. The GM got fired, and then I saw who the new coach was, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is that the same former Giants linebacker, Super Bowl champion?" Sure enough, it is. Which now I'm a little scared because we want to talk about revenge games and. Both he and Patrick Graham are on the coaching staff of the Raiders, but <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that was very interesting, especially, I mean, they just lost obviously the day before, but like the middle of the night, just seeing that kind of out of nowhere when it was somewhat expected, I guess, for the last few weeks. So McDaniels is out. Antonio Pierce is in. So before we get to Pierce, McDaniels, also going out with him is GM Dave Ziegler. Both of them came in at the beginning of the 2022 season. McDaniel's nine and sixteen as the Raiders head coach. Um, six and eleven last year, three and five this year. Raiders gave him a six-year deal when they hired him. Um, and then former Giants linebacker and Super Bowl champion Antonio Pierce. For those of you who don't know. Most notorious for blowing up the third and eight screenplay in the 2007 NFC Championship game. Big number 58 linebacker captain. There he is. Super stoked for him to get this opportunity. As in, I get it. It's only an interim title, but he's still the lead guy for the rest of the year. Um, he is the 12th different person to coach a game for the Raiders in the past 20 seasons. Most of any franchise over that span, what a terrible stigma for a franchise. Oh, and I that. will say this. Yeah, it's terrible. And Sam and Brady, I was very surprised that they didn't elevate Patrick Graham to the head coaching position, our former defensive coordinator. Patrick Graham is their DC. Jerry Shaplinsky, our former quarterbacks coach, is their tight end coach. So thoughts on AP? I mean – on the surface, I like it, but is he – he seems like he's a player's type of coach, but how much success will he have at that head coach position? I'm not so sure. I don't know if he's ready just yet. I think this is a placeholder, you know, time being type of move. Yeah, it's actually – I'm always very surprised when coordinators are not the ones that are – uh, brought up into a head coaching position when firings happen in the middle of the season, um, mostly because, you know, it's coordinators who end up becoming 
head coaches a lot of the time after they've left the teams. Um, honestly, the first thing I thought of, because I did not put two and two together. Tom put two and two together for me because I just saw the Pierce. I didn't see Antonio Pierce, so I just like did not do that. Tom let me know it was Antonio Pierce, and I was like, oh, we know who that is. Um, and it immediately made me think of other coaches who are originally players before they're coaches. Um, immediately I thought of Jeff Saturday and how poorly that ended up. Um, but I'm hoping that because he was within the organization already, um, has a feel, knows what these guys are like. Um, obviously tensions are very, very high or they were with Josh McDaniels there. Um, I just can't really see the Raiders coming out with, uh, you know, better or as a better team. Um, but I hope that he can just hold his own and do what he needs to do as a head coach. But, um, yeah, I was also a little surprised Patrick Graham didn't get elevated here. Like I said, only, you know, these, uh, these coordinators are the ones that kind of see these interim positions. So pretty interesting, but I'm, I, I think I'll root for him. You know, we, we always like, you know, once a giant, always a giant, as Eli says. So, you know, well, not this weekend, but we'll root for him after that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish him all the success, but not <laughs> not the first game. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Usually you do often see the coordinators, and sometimes when you see, like, a linebackers coach or a quarterback coach, I'm always like, who, with all due respect, like, who, where did this guy come from? But... I feel like oftentimes, too, when you maybe not so much in football, I've seen a lot in other sports, but maybe most notably like the Phillies last year or the Blues back when they won the Stanley Cup. But like coaches will get fired midseason and then all of a sudden like this kind of interim comes out of nowhere and that seems to spark something in the team. I'm not sure about the whole Raiders situation. Obviously, they've had a lot of kind of turmoil, both with the team and the coaching staff and all that. Um, And it's really just been a struggle for them for the most part. But I, like you were saying, Tom, I think Antonio Pierce could be like a player's coach. So I feel like maybe at least initially in his term, like he could be kind of a guy that can, you know, maybe fire the team up and, just overall, I feel like when the team's struggling and a coach or someone gets kind of laid off, fired, I feel like that's kind of flips a switch oftentimes for a team and they realize like, okay, like now it's like for real. Now, you know, we got to kind of flip the script. Um, once again, I'm, I'm hoping that it maybe starts the following week because they got the Jets after the Giants. But um, yeah, I, I – it's an interesting move for sure. And I I think it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Of course, I think all the giants fans with the exception of this Sunday are rooting for him though, to, to succeed. I think it's an interesting move for sure. Of course, that stat with the Raiders coaching definitely puts things in perspective. So that'll be interesting to see if it doesn't work out. I'm sure the Raiders fans will look back to that and not be too happy about it. But yeah, I, I think it's an interesting move. I think, of course, it was time to move on from McDaniels and, and the GM for sure. Obviously, it wasn't working out at all and getting rid of, um, you know, Derek Carr, Darren Waller. I, I think it was probably 
time for a scenery change like sooner rather than later. Right. I have have a feeling that it's going to be similar to, I think it was two years ago when it was Rich Baccia, I think his name was. He had that like amazing goatee. Yeah. Yeah. Like he came into that and like did his best. And everybody was like, that man is doing his best and doing exactly what he needs to do. And everyone respected the hell out of him, even though they weren't like necessarily going to go make it to the playoffs, make it to a Super Bowl or anything crazy like that. Like, I think that we're going to fall into a similar situation here where people are going to see his efforts, see him doing well. And then, you know, after that, it's, you know, who knows what will happen, but you know, the effort will be recognized. Didn't they make the playoffs under Bisaccia? I think they made the wild round. It's very What was their record before that though? Yeah, it was pretty bad before that, but they got back to like, I think right around 500 and, Got the last wild card spot, I think. Um, as I remember him, they, there was a post about him writing letters to each and every player. Yeah, I remember. At the that. end of the playoff game, so he should probably still be their head coach, but he's not. <laughs> um, speaking of moves, this is not the only move. Raiders have decided to bench Jimmy Garoppolo for Aiden O'Connell, fourth round rookie. I mean, we're going to have some elite quarterbacks, uh, quarterback matchups this weekend around the <laughs> NFL. Uh, we have Sam Howell against Mac Jones. That's the first one. Will Ooh. Levis, Kenny Pickett. That's the second one. I'm actually kind of excited Bajan. about that one. Uh, yeah, that might be the best one. Uh, Tyson Bajant <laughs> against Derek Carr. Daniel Jones, Aiden O'Connell. Josh Dobbs, Taylor Heineke. Clayton Toon, P.J. Walker. What but team Josh Dobbs isn't, isn't starting, though, I don't think. I think it's that Jaron Hall guy. Yeah, this is a post from BR Betting that I just came across. Yeah, it'll likely be Jaron Hall, but I think eventually Dobbs will take over, I think, when he gets the so. playbook. Yeah. Who was yeah. that last matchup? Clayton Toon against P.J. Walker, Browns what? Cardinals. Oh, Browns. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. man. He's going to die against the Browns defense. Yeah. Do you know that they don't have any other, like the Cardinals have no backup. Like the only other quarterback on that roster right now is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. They need to get somebody fast. Yeah. Might as well call um, Uncle Rico off the street there and get him involved. Carson Wentz is out there in the world. Carson Wentz is still out there, yeah. We scooped up Matt Barkley, which I'm happy about. But back to O'Connell here. We got to give the man some respect. He looked really good in the preseason. I'm going to say that right now. He looked really, really good. Um, Garoppolo's tenure in Vegas did not go as planned. Just six starts into his tenure. Had nine interceptions, most in the NFL. Not all were his fault. However, he missed two games due to a back injury. He's on the wrong side of 30. Um, They started Brian Hoyer for a game, and that was a disaster. And what even makes this more worse for the Raiders, and I think part of the reason why McDaniels got fired, is because of this Jimmy G contract. They brought him in three years, $72 million, and it has not worked. I mean, their offense is third to last in the NFL in points per game, 15.8 points per game. 
They average under 270 yards per game. It's atrocious. Only the Giants and the Patriots have worse offenses than the Raiders do in the NFL. Giants are last in the points per game category, by the way, as well as yards per game and yards per play. But we won't <laughs> we won't publicize that too much. We have to. They suck. But oh my goodness! I think O'Connell can bring some like good play to this Raiders offense. I mean. As a Notre Dame fan, I think Purdue played a guy, Brady, you probably might remember the name. Um, I forget who it was. Who was uh, Drew Pine was going up against yeah. Aiden O'Connell, I think. And O'Connell looks good. He threw some touchdowns here. Uh, Purdue, I mean, big, big 10 quarterback. He's a power five conference guy. So there's a good chance he can come out here and surprise us all. I mean, but he is not like your modern day quarterback whatsoever. He is a statue pocket passer. Um, he cannot move much. So I'm interested to see how that pans out against guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. He's basically a younger version of Jimmy G right now. I feel like <laughs> right now Wink, Wink should be really excited, fired up about this one then for sure. Um, I'm hoping this could be, Another week where the, the, I think this has the potential to be one of the best weeks we've seen from a Giants defense in a while. Of course, I believe Devontae Adams only had one reception, I think, on Monday night, too. And I know he was yeah. really frustrated. There were reports that he might have even been looking to try to get traded. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at the same time if Aiden O'Connell has like one of these magical performances, of course, because why not against the Giants? But I do think this could be a, a great week for the defense and Daniel Jones coming back. We'll see what the offensive line looks like, which I, I don't want to say it, but Evan Neal, of course, has missed the last few games with injury. And I feel like this has kind of been some of our best offensive line play of the season, <laughs> which it's not just him. Of course, we're missing Andrew Thomas as well and, and a few other guys, yeah. but um, I, I think the offense has the potential to kind of step up here. They, I think they absolutely have to, obviously to, to some extent, save their season. Obviously, it, it's not looking good already, but I think this should be a, a really good week for the defense. And I think this, while it was kind of back and forth, I, I think this is almost maybe the Giants game to lose now with what the Raiders have mm -hmm. done so far this week. Mm -hmm. Sam, what do yeah, you no. think here? It, 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 we're still one and a half point underdogs, despite all this nonsense going on with Vegas. Yeah, no, I think that um, I agree with Brady. It's I once this all started happening today, I have like it was like all that false confidence just went right into me. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're winning this game. We totally got this. Um, but of course, we would find a way to mess it up one way or another. But um, I still think, though. I feel confident about this. You know, Antonio Pierce coming in, coaching his first game. It's got to be a little nerve-wracking, dealing with a new quarterback, dealing with a frustrated star wide receiver who got me two and a half fantasy points last week and made me lose to Fonz. But it's fine. It's fine. I had Jameer Gibbs, too, so you would think I would have won. But no. Um, 
But it, it, there's a lot of things happening within the Raiders organization right now, and they're trying to fix it, and they're doing what they can right now, but I, I can't see that fix happening overnight. I know there could be that little bit of boost um, starting something new, but the way the Giants' defense has been performing um, and the way Tom described Aiden O'Connell's way of playing football, I 100% can see this, one, being a very defensive game, um, and two, trying to utilize the vulnerability of the Raiders right now to actually get another win under our belt, which would be super cool of them to do. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, sorry, I just saw some breaking news about Carl Banks possibly resigning from WFAN 660, oh. which after that stuff that happened last week, I'm sure you both heard about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think O'Connell might have some ability. He's just never used it uh, a whole, a whole lot since getting to the NFL. And I think as we move into our keys to the game here, I think for the Raiders specifically coming off losses to the lions, the lions and the bears is get your confidence back. I mean, they looked really bad against the bears and they also lost to the chargers on Sunday night football. So, you know, there are teams similar to the Giants, really bad offensive line. I mean, across the board, it's not good. I mean, Colton Miller's their best one, but then you have Dylan Parham at left guard, Andre James at center, Greg Van Roten at right guard, and then Thayer Munford Jr. at right tackle. We're not even practice today. So Kayvon's going to eat. And this is not O'Connell's first career start. This is actually his second career start. He started a game back on October 1st, I think it was. Um, against the Chargers for the Raiders. So, you know, he was sacked seven times in that game. So that really gives me confidence that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to have a phenomenal game. And that's where I think pressuring Aiden O'Connell is personally my first key to the game. Um, I think Tudo left a comment saying 27 points. What's up, by the way, Tudo? Um, yeah, I, can't I don't think we're scoring 27 points. Uh, I would I wish cry I if we brought Teddy 27 points. <laughs> cry yeah we haven't scored more than 16 since week two so it, it is week nine uh, i don't see that changing um but yeah sam what is your first key to the game for the giants um apart from you know like I said, kind of focusing in on the Raiders' vulnerability right now in terms of them shifting everything um, on the field, seeing that our defense is the strongest asset to our team right now. Um, if it is Daniel Jones, I'm assuming Daniel Jones coming into this game, you know, I can't imagine. I, I know that he's been out for a while. I know that they won't let him come in unless he's 100% healthy. But I can't see him just like coming back into this game, like all fired up, all ready to go and like not have a thing or two happen here. So let's make sure that he has the time as usual. I feel like I say this every week when Daniel's been playing, give him the time to throw the ball, give him the time to do what he needs to do, you know, utilize those offensive weapons that we invested in the draft, Hyatt, um, you know, all these guys and help us get points on the board because it's very obvious that the defense is doing their job. It's very obvious that the defense is holding these teams to a certain amount of points to help us win the game. And the offense is not just then scoring the points to get ahead. So we're right there. 
let's let's just utilize this week as a as a get right week if you want to call it that um and just give daniel jones time and defense just keep doing what they're doing what about you brady what are the giants got to do to win this game i I do agree with your point sam by the way um max crosby is lethal so please protect daniel jones (laughs) yeah yeah i that was gonna be one of my points i think what I was going to say kind of might be tough because, of course, Daniel Jones and some of the other guys just coming back off of injuries. But especially over the last few weeks, I know injuries have played a role, but I would like to see Mike Kafka maybe open the playbook a little bit more, kind of like you were saying, get these. Of course, we're going to be without Waller, but get some of these other weapons involved. Maybe, I don't know about like, trick plays per per se, but get kind of the offense moving a little bit more, maybe have Daniel Jones, if he's able to kind of maybe have a little bit more rollouts, a few more play actions to kind of set up maybe some shots down the field, because I know, you know, Tyrod Taylor is maybe considered a little bit more of a backup and they had no trust, trust really in Tommy DeVito throwing the ball. And of course the weather played a role last week, but they really, when they did pass the last few weeks, really, they didn't really take too many shots or, or create too many plays. It was a lot of kind of just, you know, straight up runs or kind of these quick short routes. Um, I guess they had a few deep balls there to, to hide against Washington, but I'd like to see that. And I guess also on the defensive side, I think, of course, like you were saying, the pressure on Aiden O'Connell, but I think also containing Josh Jacobs. He's mm. kind of one, one of the few stars, I guess, the Raiders have left along with Devontae Adams on offense. But um, I think the defense overall, both in the run game and pass game, we saw how they did against Brees Hall this past week with the exception of that one touchdown where Jason Pinnock like threw his shoulder at him. But, um, I think if they can contain the run game as well, I think that would be huge in hopefully securing a Giants win. And the Raiders don't run the ball well, despite having Josh Jacobs. They're one of the worst rushing teams in the league. Average 70 yards per game on the ground. And I think that really opens up Wink's unhoused that we, we often referred to it as last year. You know, blitz left and right. I mean, the Jets were abysmal on third down last week. And you want to get O'Connell in third long situations. Because typically a rookie quarterback's best friend is his tight end right? His tight end or his running back on check down. So I am concerned about Michael Mayer a little bit in this game being a security blanket. I think he needs to get targeted more, especially on third down, only 11 catches this year for him. I mean, this guy was a second round pick regarded as the second best tight end in the draft behind Dalton Kincaid. And now Sam Laporte has kind of stolen his spotlight a little bit, which irks me as um, a Notre Dame fan, but still, I mean, Third down is where the turnovers come. You know, these two teams met a couple years back. McKinney had a couple picks in that game, you know. So Mm -hmm. Giants have won the turnover battle the last couple weeks. I think it starts with stopping the run and getting off the field on third down, whether it's via turnover, forcing a punt, getting a sack, incompletion, whatever it might be. Huge asset to winning this football game, which 
I don't know. Do either of you have anything else you want to add as far as key? Obviously, scoring is key. (laughs) Putting points on the board. Yeah, beneficial to winning a game. But I did just want to elaborate on that third down key because that was something that I mentioned last week going up against the Jets because I think they had some outlandish absurd stat that like out of 72 third downs they'd only converted like 18 of them and um they're so right now last in the league in terms of third down conversion percentages at 22.9 and they're at 32 vegas is at 30 with 32.5 so we could use that same type of mentality defense wise to continue to stop them it's just the point of putting the points on the board to actually get ahead and win the game. But I feel like we could go into this game with a very similar mindset like we went in with the Jets. Um, and you're right, Josh Jacobs, not only does you know the, the Raiders don't run the ball well, but Josh Jacobs is also still very disgruntled with this team right now. I mean, he came out and said, you know, they asked him, what do we, what do we have to do to fix this offense? He goes, I don't know, that's not my job. And it's like, that's not really what you want to hear from your star running back. Um, I think he said that before Josh was fired, but nonetheless, a disgruntled running back, you know, just doesn't seem like he has a lot of motivation or confidence to go out into this this game and win. He's just Josh, and that's all he's doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you did um, there. We have a quick comment here from Zach. Part of our fantasy football league. Sam starting the Steelers defense against me this week. Kind of nervous for that because I know how awful Tennessee offense is. Appreciate you, Zach. Appreciate that. (laughs) Pretty sure I'm projected to lose this week, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I have to work on my. I have a lot of guys on by this week, so my my roster is kind of flimsy. But appreciate you, Zach. Big Rams fan, by the way. What's up, Cole G? Steve, Steve, long time no talk, man. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the state of this team right now. Um, Appreciate you, Steve. All the way out in Arizona. Crazy stuff. Giants fans galore. Everywhere. Um, Players to watch. Let's do two for each team. It's okay if we duplicate. Sam, we'll start with you here on this one. Two for the Raiders. And then two for the Giants. Two for the Raiders. Um, I will go. I'll go Aiden O'Connell just because, you know, we have seen him start in the past, but, you know, for him to actually come in as a starting quarterback in which Jimmy G was benched and not just hurt, um, you know, it's a different mindset going into this game. Um, so who knows? He might surprise us all. Um, but mostly I want to watch him because he'll hopefully just have grass stains all over his jerseys from getting hit down on the ground several times by Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and I will go on, I'll go Devonte Adams as well, only because I'm sure that now that he's made it known that he isn't getting targeted, I'm sure he will be getting targeted a little bit more. Um, and when Devonte Adams does have a game, he has a game. So, you know, we're worried about getting points up on the board. Uh, we're worried about third down conversions stuff. Like, we got to be worried about Devontae Adams if they're giving Devontae Adams the ball. And are we doing Giants too or just Raiders? 
Uh, yeah, you can do the Giants too. We'll do them all in one swoop. All right. Um, Giants wise, um, assuming Daniel Jones is going to be playing this weekend, I'm going to keep an eye on Daniel Jones. Um, I was I was telling Tom this last week. I was genuinely concerned about his injury. I was hearing some rumblings about medical retirement. Um, you know, this is a second neck neck injury. It's it's a scary injury to have. Um, the fact that he's clear to play right now is pretty uh, surprising to me. I honestly wasn't expecting it. So um, him coming back into the game, seeing how he's moving, seeing how he's playing. And then um, I'll say Dexter Lawrence as well, just so you know we can see how he's going to perform after Leo is gone and how he's going to hopefully continue to be dominant on defense. Love it. Brady, how about you? So starting off with the Raiders, I uh, I know I just mentioned it, but um, I'm going to stick with Josh Jacobs. I think just like uh, Devontae Adams on the, the passing side of things, I think containing Jacobs will be huge. I like the defense's confidence. Obviously, they haven't won all the games. They have played well in the last few weeks, but they should be very confident heading into this one, especially with kind of the turmoil going on with the, the opponent right now. But Josh Jacobs, while they've struggled on the run game, he's still a, kind of a home run hitter to an extent. You don't want to let him get too loose in the open field because he, he can burn you and, and have some big runs. So I think it's going to be important to contain him. But I think if if they could block for him decently, he could have a big game. And then looking at the defensive side, as you guys mentioned, Max Crosby, of course, the offensive line for the Giants have had their struggles, and Max Crosby, one of – he was at least underrated, now probably finally getting more of his respect as one of the, the top pass rushers and overall defensive players in the game. One of the probably few bright spots for the Raiders this season, and really no matter who's starting up, up front for the Giants, especially at the tackle positions, I think he, he – could feast on Daniel Jones, which is not what you want to see, especially with him coming off of an injury, a, a very dangerous injury too. But if if the line can give him enough time against a guy like Crosby, I think the Giants could be in a good spot, but he's definitely a guy I'd look at. And on the Giants side, I think with Darren Waller going down, a guy that has made some plays when he has played but hasn't quite in, quite gotten the playing time, that we, us fans would probably like to see is Jalen Hyatt. And, of course, he's had some few incredible plays, really, a few deep shots. Of course, we all know his speed. They made a few great catches on. And, of course, just utilizing his speed, really, on any route he's given, even just kind of using him as maybe a decoy in some positions, having him kind of take some of the defenders down the field maybe creating like an opportunity for like a, a check down or something to Saquon with maybe some green grass as well. But I, I think he's a guy that kind of with some injuries on the Giants offense, especially notably to Darren Waller, while that could hinder the offense, I feel like it could give him more of an opportunity. And then on the defensive side, I'm going to look at uh, Deontay Banks, who once again has really a, Strong rookie season has another guy that's really flown under the radar for this defense and now starting to get a little bit more respect and also possibly by the end of the season, a candidate for uh, NFC defensive rookie of the year. And 
I'm not sure where the defense will go, if he'll match up a lot with Adams or some of the other guys, but it could be a big test for him. And so far he has absolutely risen to the occasion. And I, I think whoever he's matched up against really throughout the game, I, I think he could have a big game, but he's obviously still young. He's still kind of maturing into his role, but he's definitely a player I'd look at um, on the defensive side for the Giants. Banks has been incredible as a rookie. Um, outstanding young player. Um, for me, I agree with all the players that you said. I know, Sam, you went O'Connell and Adams for the Raiders, Jones and Thibodeau for the Giants, Brady, you went Jacobs and Crosby for the Raiders, and then Banks and who did you go with on offense? Hyatt. Hyatt. That's a good one, too. Um yeah, I like this a lot. I'm going with uh, Saquon Barkley here um, because the, the Raiders' run defense is not the best either. I know Brady mentioned Max Crosby, but Jerry Tillery and Bilal Nichols aren't exactly Harvard scholars up the middle. Um, so Barkley obviously told this week he wouldn't get traded, which is great news, of course. I don't think any of us expected him to, but it's great to hear that from management. 128 rushing yards last week on a career-high 36 carries, the second-most rushing yards in the NFL last week, Um, 412 rushing yards this year, three total touchdowns. I'm expecting him to be a huge boost to Daniel Jones' play as well. I think those two feed off each other in the backfield, and I'm really excited for that. Um, I mean, defensively, for me, it's just the young guys. I mean, you know, we could sit here, we could talk about Dexter Lawrence, you know, 11% 11% QB hurry percentage, best in the game. Um, we can talk about Bobby Okereke, turnover machine, outstanding young linebacker. But for me, it is those young guys. Mike McFadden, 50.1 passer rating allowed this year, third best among all NFL linebackers. He's been solid. Um, and then who fills in that spot for Leonard Williams, Right. I know Dable mentioned in his presser it'll be a combination of Ashawn Robinson and Nacho, but I do think DJ Davidson is going to get a lot of playing time this week as well. With Leonard Williams gone, he'll likely have to get more reps at the three-tech position. Chances are that Jordan Riley still won't be active yet, even with Leonard Williams gone, because the Giants will have to elevate Gunnar Olszewski again and then probably Matt Barkley as the third quarterback, if they even do that, we'll see. But yeah, um, actually they probably won't elevate Barkley. If Waller's out, they'll have to elevate Cager. No, because Bellinger only tight end active. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, which I think Bellinger could have a big game too this week. There's so many guys. There really is. But I think we're starting to see DJ Davidson, take that next level. I would like to see him develop into a starter. I don't know, or at least a rotational guy. Um, But he's looked good when he's been out there rushing the passer. Just don't have him blocking a field goal. Just don't have him blocking a field goal, please. Um, But yeah, I mean, crazy stuff. Thibodeau, he's been phenomenal. There's so many guys. For the Raiders, um, I'm looking at Robert Spillane. Big liability in pass coverage and ISO tackling. 
looking for him against Saquon Barkley. The Raiders have a depleted linebacker room with Divine Diablo and Luke Masterson. Both did not practice today. Masterson battling a concussion, and Diablo is battling an ankle injury. Two of the three Raiders do not practice both at that linebacker position. Spillane also did not practice with the hand issue, but he is expected to play um, on Sunday. This will be a 4-5 start time, I think. And then the second player to watch for the Raiders, I am going with Marcus Peters. Plays opposite mm-hmm. of Nate Hobbs. I think the Giants are going to attack Nate Hobbs. Marcus Peters has been in the league for a long time. I believe he had a pick six recently in one of the previous weeks, so I think he'll be an interesting player as well. Him back there leading some young players in Trevon Morig and Nate Hobbs. I think Peters is that guy on that back line. Spillane is that guy on the second level. As Brady mentioned, Crosby is that guy on the first level of the defense. So let's see what can happen. Um, all right, so that pretty much wraps up our players to watch. couple comments before we get into our game predictions. Steve says our defense has been hitting on all cylinders. McFadden has been playing very well. Jordan Riley. I kind of did just answer that, Steve, but just to elaborate, Sam and Brady, I don't know if either of you want to chime in on this. I think he's a healthy scratch again. I don't think he's playing. And Bellinger. Bellinger, a guy who – how many touchdowns did he have last year? Was it three total? Right? He had the rushing touchdown. Sounds right. And, two, and then he had one in the playoff game. He hasn't been used yeah. this year. He hasn't been used. He gets like one catch every other game, and you're just scratching your head like, why are they not targeting him more? He doesn't drop passes. Um, he had two last year. He did? Mm-hmm. Two. I think he had one rushing – as against well. Green Bay, yeah, I believe so. I, you know me, I love Daniel Bellinger. I was thinking that him and Waller were going to be this like outstanding force this past year, but it's not not yet. Steve agrees. Yeah, I love seeing Daniel Bellinger out there catching balls. It's 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 exciting. He's a good tight end, and I just I'd love to see more of him. So hopefully, you know, sucks Waller's out, but. Hopefully this will be the reason why we see more of them. All right. We have one last question before the game predictions. It comes Brady, I believe from your brother, Jack. Yep. <laughs> How confident are you in guys like Ashawn and Nacho now that Leo is gone? Brady, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they're, you know, quite Leonard Williams, but I do like kind of the rotational thing Dable's talking about to give in this particular case, the Raiders or whoever their opponent is a a few different looks at kind of guys up the middle with Dexter Lawrence. And of course I, I love the pickup for Ashawn Robinson in the off season, kind of like a depth defensive tackle guy and Nacho as well. I, I think both guys have played solid. I don't think, I mean, obviously they weren't quite starters, but I don't think they've necessarily stood out this season. But I think if guys like Dex and Thibodeau can play the way they're playing as well, I think that will also um, open up both kind of the, the confidence and the opportunities for Aishon and Nacho to um, both, I mean, get more playing time as they obviously will now, but make some plays as well and, and be a crucial part of this defense. 
Sam, any thoughts on these two? I mean, Nacho's on a three-year deal. We signed him to a three-year, so he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, I I think that I'm pretty confident as a whole for this defense. Uh, not that, obviously, Leo wasn't an important aspect to it, but I feel like those holes can be filled with what we already have. Um, I, I'm, I feel pretty good, honestly, unless Sunday rolls around and it's – very evidently obvious that not having him there is going to be detrimental to our defense, but Dexter's there. And I really feel like he can like step up to that plate because he had a good mentor, you know, he had a great mentor to kind of teach him what it, what it needs in a defense and what it needs to be in a leader and so on and so forth. So I, I feel pretty good and I hope they don't prove me wrong, but we'll see. Appreciate the question, Jack. Um, let's get to our game predictions. Sam, we'll start with you here. Who's winning and why? I think the Giants are going to win this week. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling very confident. I felt very confident last week as well, and I feel like we would have won that game without the you know the ending. I did say that the, the Giants were going to win last week. But like we've been saying this whole time, the Raiders are going through it. It's just kind of the matter of fact. Um, I don't know how good of a game it's going to be. I feel like it might be a little messy. It might be a little shaky here and there. But I think 17-10, Giants win. I'm sorry, 17-14. Okay. Brady, how about you? Are you agreeing with Sam or are you going the other way? I am agreeing. I, I Probably a, a little bit of bias mixed in, but I do think that this game has the potential to, I guess, unfortunately, to some extent, be be another fairly close one. But I do think with the Raiders kind of going through their issues and their struggles right now, and the Giants who have obviously had their struggles, but I, I, I'm very excited to see Daniel Jones back. He might, you know, come off a little cold, a little shaky, but... I think if the defense can have the game they're having, they've been having over the last few weeks and the offense with Jones and, and we'll see what the offensive line looks like. Obviously they won't have Waller, but if the offense can carry their own weight, I think in the end, the Giants should come out with the victory Um, for my score. I'm going to say they crack 20. I'm I'm not feeling great about that. I'm, I'm going to say, but I will say 23-16, Giants win. That is bold, wow. Brady. That is, yeah, I, we're, we're being, I love yeah. it. I love it. I, I'm not feeling great about it, but I'm, I'm just trying to, <laughs> to stay positive because I feel like this – I mean, obviously some fans are starting to get into, you know, okay, doesn't look like the team's going anywhere. Obviously the team is still – you're going to try to win every game, no matter what. But I, I think whether they somehow rise up and make the playoffs or not, I feel like this is a huge, basically must win game for this team going against a team that's kind of going through it. And just as a huge confidence booster for, especially the defense who is starting to gain that confidence and just the team as a whole to try and maybe get themselves back in the conversation a little bit but also just kind of build off this possible win moving forward. Yeah. Um, 
these are all great points you're both making. For me, I'm looking at, again, the Raiders have two veteran receivers and Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who we didn't even mention. Myers, I believe, has five touchdowns on the year. Really tall player, good receiver. Going up against two rookie corners, Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins, with Adoree in the slot, probably getting the Hunter Renfro assignment. Um, and Hunter Renfro has really struggled this year, too. Just to, to show you the state of this Raiders team, they, they've all been bad. Um almost as bad as the Giants, probably even worse right now. I mean, let's be real. The Giants are one play away in each game from being four and four. And if the Giants win against the Bills and the Jets, we're not sitting here having this conversation Mm. right now, like paint drying when talking about this football team. Um, You're right, Adam. Need to see Saquon touchdowns. Need to get our receivers more involved. Um, Points. I'm gonna go there, there, there. You go. I'm gonna go 14, 13 Giants. Now I did pick the Jets last week on the show, and unfortunately, I was correct. So let's hope I keep the streak up. I have the Giants winning by one point. I think Daniel Jones throws two touchdown passes um, without Darren Waller. I think Bellinger does get one, and I think Hyatt will get his first. NFL touchdown as as well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bold and make some very specific predictions here on like this. Um, I think the Raiders score a garbage time touchdown, uh, not a garbage time touchdown, but I think they score a late touchdown after we keep them out of the end zone most of the game. Can we get Hodgins off the milk carton this week? Yeah, yeah, please. Let's do it. Let's get him involved. I thought Hodgins was going to be like our shining light this year. Like I thought that he was going to be like out of control. I honestly, since really the game last week, I've almost like forgot about him. I'm <laughs> just thinking about Waller's injury and Hyatt and yeah. all those guys. Obviously we don't see Shep too much either, which was kind of expected going into the season. But yeah, those two guys, I'd like to see get involved a little bit more. Same with Wandale. Yeah, Wandale, Hodgins. I mean, I don't care who scores, but those are my predictions for this week. Appreciate you all commenting. Um, we have a clean sweep for the Giants, which is always uh, good to see. A little concerning as well. You know, Murphy's Law always sometimes likes to play into effect. But I'm feeling good about this week going up against Aiden O'Connell and Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders. Giants traveling out to Vegas. Hopefully uh, they – I would say if they were six and two, maybe have a little fun at the same time. But um, <laughs> yeah, just got to focus on getting a win and getting to three and six. Well, Brady, appreciate you joining us as our guest tonight once again. It's been a blast. Um, hopefully, you bring us some good luck. Um, I know last time I we had you. Lost on- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It was fresh off a win, but uh, they hung in there against San Fran for like three quarters, but it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Sam, any closing thoughts here for the Giants before we sign off? Uh, win. Good. Bring me some sort of happiness. Um, you know, the usual. The usual. That's right. 
Um, let's go Big Blue. We'll be back here next week. I believe we're playing Dallas again next week. Eek. Um, really excited to hopefully recap the Giants win, get to three and six, and take it from there. One game at a time mantra um, with zero room for error. On behalf of Brady Campbell, Sam Cardone, I'm Thomas Cabana saying so long. From the crew here on Big Blue Avenue, appreciate you all. Make sure to check us out on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Big Blue Avenue. We appreciate all of your support and all the love you have shown on our live streams, content, uh, videos, and our tweets as well. All right. Without further ado, folks, let's go Big Blue.